This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Remember to hit the notification bell on YouTube to get this teaching and worship with us live each week. Let's join Bishop Greer. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to get started. Father... I'm going to talk, but you're going to teach. Father, do what only you can do in our time together this morning. And I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And we all say, amen and amen, amen. So open your Bibles or your app to John 12 and verse 12. And then we're going to Uh, end up in Luke 24. This was the Sunday before the crucifixion. And John says, the next day a great multitude had come to the feast. When they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, excitement about Jesus had uh, reached a fever pitch. And there were hundreds, if not thousands, that, that were there about to cheer Jesus on. They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. And the Bible says they cried out, meaning uh, they they weren't just, you know, kind of speaking to themselves in the whisper. These folks were demonstrative. They were exuberant and they were shouting and, and dancing and singing and celebrating. And the Bible says, and they took the branches of palm trees. And this is why we call last Sunday a Palm Sunday. And they went out to meet him, and they cried, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So everyone's excited. Um, Jesus has reached the epitome of his ministry. Uh, The crowds are responding. But what a difference a few days will make. It's amazing how... One Sunday, you can feel like you're on the top of the world. But then the next, feel like the world's on top of you. It's easy to have faith when everything's going well, when everything's going great. The test comes when you face something. Only your faith can get you through. Luke 24 and 13 Again, what a difference a few days make. This was the Sunday right after the cross. Now behold, two of them. Again, these were two of the people that had shouted, that had danced, that had celebrated and and waved palm leaves and said, Hosanna. They were traveling that same day. But the difference was they had experienced Friday, which was the most painful day 
in all their lifetimes. The man they had left all to follow. The person they thought was the Messiah. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was scorned. He was crucified like a common criminal. And then, if that wasn't enough, over that same weekend, one of his closest disciples committed suicide. And then the rest were in hiding. Everything right about the world had gone tragically wrong. And they traveled to a village called Emmaus, which was just seven miles from Jerusalem. They needed to get away to start putting together the pieces of their shattered lives and their shattered dreams. And as they walked, their hearts were heavy because they would have to face their family and face their their friends. And they told everyone that that he was the the Messiah, the Christ, and that God was with him. And, And how could they answer for what had just happened in Jerusalem. Few things hurt as much as not understanding why. And they talked together. At least they had someone to talk to. And they spoke of all the things which had happened and they were trying to make sense of of all that had gone on. And how could Something so evil, something so brutal, so cruel, happened to such a kind, such a good, and such a powerful man. So it was that on this journey they conversed and they reasoned. But while they did that, Jesus himself drew near. And what I want you to see here is that Jesus was not offended by people grasping with honest questions. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's not today. Questions are only a problem for someone that has something to hide. And he went with them. Real friends walk in when everybody else walks out. This Jesus will not abandon you just because you cannot figure everything out. But there's also something you need to see here about this Jesus. He answers things his way and in his own time. But I want you to keep in mind, though, your, your, your brain would tilt. I mean, it would slide right out of your ear if he showed you all, even the half, before we were ready. But then in verse 16, there was something going on inside of these men. Because the, the Bible says their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Grief, disappointment, and sorrow has a way of clouding our vision. Who other than me has ever experienced such pain, such disappointment, such hurt 
that you couldn't even recognize God if he was staring you in the face. Have you ever had that moment, God, where are you? God, I thought you loved me. God, I thought you were powerful and, and, and mighty. How could you let something like this happen? How could something like this be part of your plan? Were you sleeping? Were you on a journey, God? Father, are you asleep at the wheel, Father? How could something like this happen? It has taken me a lot of years to learn this. But God's plan for our lives always surpasses the circumstances of any single day. And Jesus said to them, now God is fine with us asking him questions as long as we're fine with him asking us some. See, you got to know this about this Jesus in this book. He's kind and gentle, but he's not weak. And he knows how to deal with us. So Jesus chimes in. And if you were standing there, his, his eyes are flashing a little bit. He said, what kind of conversation is this you're having with one another? How many of you can see here a little attitude in his voice? What are you guys talking about as you walk and are sad? What is all this moping around? What is all this sadness and, and sorrow? You see... The problem was not what happened at Caiaphas's courtyard. The problem was not what happened at Pilate's courtyard. The problem was not what happened on the cross. The problem was their faithless perspective. You see, your perspective will either be your passport or your prison in life. It's up to you. Then one of the two, whose name was Cleopas, I know him, I think, answered and said to him, you see, accountability feels like an attack if you're not ready to admit you got it wrong. Because they immediately get defensive here. They're like, are you not the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known things would happen in, in these days? And then Jesus looked them in the face and said, what things? So, so Jesus is, is playing along, but, but he also, he's wise. He'll reach us on whatever level he has to. So, so they dig in. So they said to him, things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who, watch this, was. Notice the past tense. They not only relegated Jesus to the past, but downgraded him in the next clause to only a prophet. Who was a prophet, mighty indeed, did things no one else had ever done, and were before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. Jesus is dealing with them, but he hears them 
out. Sometimes we just talk too much. We need to allow even people we disagree with to make their point. But Jesus doesn't stop them. They're they're digging their own grave really right now, but but he's, he's letting them do it. But we were hoping. Notice the past tense again, meaning they had hope, but hope no more. That it was he who was going to redeem Israel. How many of us at one time in our life believe that Jesus was a deliverer? You believe that Jesus is a healer. You believe that Jesus is a redeemer, a provider, a mind regulator, as the the old saints used to say. But then something happened that you just couldn't handle. Something happened you didn't have categories in your mind to put into a file. But what we see in the scriptures is the devil intends it for evil, but God works everything for good. God only tests us to deepen us. I could not talk to you about pain unless I've come to know my own. And a lot of what we're mad about is simply God building a testimony. My Bible says we overcome by what the blood of the lamb and the word of our what testimony. When you tell folk what you went through, not what some preacher went through, not with some story about what somebody else they don't know, but when you get through it and you tell your story, that's when real power is released. Then they said, indeed, besides all this today, it's the third day since all these things happened on Friday. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early, they, they astonished us, they shocked us, they, they blew our minds. And by the way, the first preachers in the New Testament happened to be women. Just got a few amens on that. It was women that told the story and shared the gospel. And it was the men who didn't believe. It seems to be the same way today sometimes. When they did not find his body. You see, our faith is not in empty promises, empty rhetoric, but on an empty tomb. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels and and they said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Despite the fact, Jesus preached this over a dozen times. He said it over and over and over again that he'd be crucified and rise again. Despite the fact he said it, they couldn't quite believe it. Let's just look at two of those places, Matthew 20 and 18. Jesus is speaking. He said, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. All the disciples are listening. And the Son of Man will be what? Betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, the scholars. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles or the Romans to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. It wasn't just a crucifixion. They beat him horribly. And the third day he will arise again. 
The problem was, as they were listening, they were so saddened and, and, and taken back by, by verse 18 and 19 that they couldn't hear the rising on the third day. You see, if they were really listening to Jesus, pay attention, they would not have been surprised. And I want to say to you today, if you have really been listening to Jesus, if you've really been paying attention to the prophets in Scripture, you would not be surprised. My Bible said, do not be surprised by the fiery trial that comes to test you. But what we've done is we've surrounded ourselves with motivational preachers. They preach parts of the, the, the Bible that will make everybody happy, but not the parts that will make us grow. Pay attention to what I'm talking about today. And in another place, Mark 8 and 31, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chiefs, the priests, the scribes, and be killed. And after these, these days, what? Rise again. But notice he said, teach. He didn't just tell, he taught. Meaning he went into detail in depth, explaining to these people. Then watch who he was speaking to. He spoke this word openly, meaning Jesus did not just teach this to a select few. He was telling everybody, everybody, everybody heard Jesus talk about what was coming. Then Peter, though, took him aside. And began to what? Rebuke him. Jesus, you're embarrassing us with all this talk. Jesus, uh, we, we want certain verses of the Bible. Jesus, we can embrace certain truths. Jesus, we, we want to follow you part of the way. You see, the problem is we only see what we want to see. And often we only hear what we want to hear. And, 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 and Peter He's like you and I, don't talk about that part. I won't come back to church if you talk about that part. I'll blog about you. I'll start saying bad things on social media if you talk about that part. But then Jesus adds, John 16 and 33. He said, these things, see, Jesus will tell you the truth. He said, these things I have spoken to you, so you be forewarned, so that in me you'll, you'll have peace. Meaning, the, the context of this thing is life is going to test you. There will be COVIDs that test your faith. There will be world affairs that test your faith. There will be gas prices, supermarket prices that will test your faith. There will be inflation. That might test your faith. But when it happens, don't fall away. Don't fall apart. I got you. Your only assignment in the midst of the craziness is to hold your peace. Hold your peace. Hold your peace. Let the world fall apart. Let, let us burn, everybody else burn down buildings. Let everybody else tear things up. But my God said, if I hold my peace, he will fight my battles. And Jesus gives them a dose of reality. 
Jesus was not a soft preacher. In the world, you will. You will. You will. It is going to happen. You will have some tribulation. Not may have, but what will have. But here's the deal. Be of good cheer. Because the victory's already been won. I have already overcome the world. There's always a battle before victory. Let me tell you something. If you never bump into the devil, it's only because you're walking in the same direction. Pay attention to what I'm saying today. See, y'all start giving me feedback, y'all, you see, see? See, y'all get happy, you know. Then Jesus, he said to them, and you say you weren't so sure about that tone because, you know, your picture of Jesus, he's always nice and he didn't do anything. But, but watch what he says. Oh, foolish ones. How you nicely call somebody a fool? And then he called them slow. I mean, fool's bad enough. But then he said, y'all slow. The reality is sometimes when it comes to something I don't want to hear, I am too slow. You too are often... Slow. And slow of heart, it's really a heart problem. It's not that you didn't hear, it was what was going on in your heart. And slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. You see, the problem was they only saw that Friday from an earthly, faithless perspective. I get it, though, because they shivered while he was beaten. There were two Roman soldiers. They usually would take turns as they would strike the victim. And it wasn't a a long space between the rips. And I'm not going to talk about it all, but it was most people didn't survive the the, the beating because there was a piece of metal and, and glass in the the, the talons, and, and it would strike the body. Then when they pulled it out, it would rip out parts of the body. It, it was a thing. They cringed as they hammered the nails in his hands and his feet at the cross. They heard his groans, felt the loss, but they let their human disappointment blind them to their So Jesus leans in and he's teaching. He says, ought not. Which means there was no other way. See, Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup. But Isaiah couldn't do it. John the Baptist couldn't do it. Muhammad couldn't do it. Buddha couldn't do it. If there was any other option, Jesus wouldn't have had to face the cross. But there was only one spotless Lamb of God that could bear the sin of the world. He said, ought not. He's, 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 he, I mean, there's fire 
burning. And actually a little later said that their hearts were warmed and they were stirred by what Jesus said. Ought not the Christ had to suffer these things? You see, we stop at the suffering. Oh, I don't want to hear the suffering. That's not fair to suffering. It didn't stop there. And to enter his glory. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. God's not in the pain for the sake of pain. He, we, we only deal with hurt because God's on his way of doing something. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But I'm going to walk through it. Because I'm going somewhere and I get to the other side of this pain. I'm going to see the game weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. But you got to hang on till morning comes. Till morning comes. Till mo- you got to hold on until morning comes. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at GraceChurchVATV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big.